0: Welcome to the Lost Boys to Found Fathers podcast. I'm Gabe O'Sullivan and joining me is my co-host Will Haycox. We are men who have suffered the loss of a child and through this production we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who have traveled the same journey. Welcome Will and welcome to our uh, outdoor setting here as we're recording outside today.
1: Yeah it's pretty neat. Thanks for having me here Gabe. We're over at Gabe's house and the beautiful summer morning it's like what 75 degrees here and everything is nice we got a little breeze by these ceiling fans here so it's pretty great pretty great setup wish you could all be here and we could hang out today but yeah we're gonna get into a new topic we kind of finished up our last series and then we had our our fun pod where we uh, just talked about some crazy things we talked about uh, movies we talked about how the gladiator is so much better than Goonies uh, we talked like, about on, stuff like that. <laughs> we talked about the NBA and, uh, so now we're going to get back into the meat of the point of this podcast and we'll, we'll probably do some more fun or just off topic podcasts here in the future. But, uh, yeah, for now we're going to get back into a series here. So what, uh, Gabe and I talked about and thought about and prayed about what to do next. Uh, we looked at some of the questions we had written down before we started this and, uh, one of the ones that that we latched onto was, <clears throat> what was what is the meaning of my child's life, or did my child's life matter? And so we wanted to go over that. And, and thus I don't know if it's a common question, but that's a question that that I had, my, my wife had, when our son Gabriel was born, and uh, he was stillborn. So we we kind of never got the chance to spend any time with him while he was alive. And so that just brought up some questions as to you know what was what was the meaning of his life if it wasn't something that you know he didn't didn't solve world hunger he didn't whatever you know meet this person or that person or change a life here or there by himself and so don't know if that's something that that you guys have ever thought about your child but we just wanted to jump into that and uh, we can explore it and see what the bible says about it
0: yeah i was to say we had the same you know thought man um Because I think one reason was we, you know, we had some folks, even in our family, that like because the girls were born and didn't live very long, they, it's like these family members did not even understand that they were real people, Mm -hmm. you know, because some of them never got to see them because they were Mm -hmm. just kind of like y'all, they were in the hospital and then they weren't, you know, it's like, so we Mm -hmm. were kind of gone for a little bit from, you know, life so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then we were back in life and we didn't have kids before this experience and then we didn't have kids after this experience. And so for those people, it's like almost like they didn't even see that mm-hmm. that there was, they were like, what's the big deal? Like, why are you sad? Like, what's, what's going mm-hmm. on? Like, you know, you didn't have a kid. You still don't have a kid. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah. and, and and so there was that kind of from a lot of folks, <coughs> you know, just this like collective um thought of like they didn't they weren't here they weren't real because you didn't get to bring them home and like they didn't they didn't matter you know and Mm -hmm. so that was hard to stomach you know where you're like man whoa we had this life altering experience here and other folks don't even they don't even recognize that Mm -hmm. you know or they think that um you know that that again that they didn't matter, the experience didn't matter, but their lives didn't matter, and that was that was hard. So then it makes mm-hmm. you kind of question, well, did did it did it matter? Like was there a purpose in this, and what was yeah. the purpose in this? And and then I I, I had someone in my family, uh, I, unfortunately, about five years later, um, they lost a child, uh, mm-hmm. and um, different circumstances, but uh, the child passed away, and he told me one day he said I just want to tell you that I'm sorry kind of for the way that I dismissed uh, your situation because I didn't know it was this hard Mm. you know and and I'll say I didn't even know that this person had dismissed my situation because they weren't necessarily you know one of the ones that had had treated us uh, Mm. like I was just Mm -hmm. speaking but I guess internally they had thought well okay what's the big deal you know and then uh, when unfortunately when it happened to them they they said that to me and it was it was sad you know because I could just see the pain in his eyes mm-hmm. you know and um, and so yeah you know the situation matters the child matters like there's purpose behind all of it uh, even when there doesn't seem to be
1: mm-hmm. yeah and like you said I think it's important to say that uh, you know it's not necessarily people being cruel or um you know, wanting to dismiss your pain, but you know, like for know, obviously, for the people that you've met since you've had your child, they don't ever see you with that child. And for for Hannah and I, Gabriel was our first child, and then we we just now had Bonnie, our daughter, in December. And so for that time between September of '19 and I don't know whenever you could tell Hannah was pregnant, like August or you know whatever of last year, it was kind of like so do y'all have kids or you know it was like that question and and you couldn't really blame them or fault them for it or, or when i meet people at, at work and so they ask and it's not obvious i guess whether i have kids or not they don't necessarily mean to offend you i guess is what i'm trying to say they just they don't know and it, it's natural for humans to that's one of the things we'll talk about is humans only have the perspective that they have so it's hard for them or it's impossible for them to just know, oh, this person had a child and that child mattered to them even though I don't get to see the child and I don't know that they existed. So, yeah, I think that's an important thing that, that we just need to remember that you know, some people may be cruel, may be uh, unable to have compassion or to to be there for you and try to understand even when they don't how you feel when you're going through this but a lot of people probably just don't know what to do like we've said several times before you know, people are uncomfortable with grief in general especially in our society and so they just don't really know how to respond to the loss of a child so that brings us up after our long introduction there to the actual question that we're going to start with and the question is just did my child's life matter and i think i hope that pretty much all of you would agree with me that the answer is pretty clear that yes your child's life mattered and that goes for whether your child was miscarried at two months or a month before like before you even knew that your wife was pregnant and you just found out when she miscarried or if you had a child that was a late-term miscarriage or a stillbirth or if your child was born and then died afterwards as as Gabe's girls did or like some guys we've talked to Uh, Related to this podcast that had children that were in their 20s and then passed on they mattered and Obviously they mattered to you, but they also mattered to God and we we kind of talked about this in some earlier episodes like does God really love me we went over some of these same concepts, but Jeremiah 1, 4 through 5 says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And obviously, we're not appointed as prophets, so we don't have that, that same consecration, that same uh, goal that we're set apart to. But the, the point still stands there that God formed Jeremiah in the womb, and God formed you in your mother's womb, and then he formed your children as well and he knew you he planned to bring you to existence and that god doesn't do anything without a purpose he's not just like things against the wall to see what sticks and then he goes from there and creates his plan like god has a plan and has had a plan since the beginning of what we can what we call time our experience of time and and long before that and Jesus even says the same that in Luke twelve four through 7 Jesus says I tell you my friends do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do but I will warn you whom to fear fear him who after he was killed has authority to cast into hell yes I tell you fear him are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and not one of them is forgotten before God why even the hairs of your head are all numbered fear not you are of more value than many sparrows So, if you're not familiar with Luke, that probably sounds kind of weird that Jesus is comparing you to sparrows. But the point there is, God cares about all his creation, and God knows if a sparrow falls out of the sky and is injured, and he cares about that bird, and he provides for the birds and the the other animals, and how much more does he care about you, who, it says in Genesis, we've been created in his image. So if he cares about a sparrow and we're more valuable than many sparrows and he's numbered the hairs on our head, then I think you can pretty easily and safely say that he cares about your children and that he knows who they are and he he knew who they were before he created them and why he created them. And it's, it's pretty comforting to me to know that God wasn't caught off guard when my child was born and he was just like, oh, Gabriel died. I don't know. You know That screwed up my plan. I don't know what to do. Now, how, how am I going to make this work? How am I going to make this fit into my plan? We've talked about before how God doesn't, doesn't get sidetracked. He doesn't go to plan B, that, that everything that happens is part of his plan. And I think that, that's a pretty clear and easy way to understand that that yes, your child's life mattered and that God had a plan from the beginning to use your child's life. And you have anything you want to throw at your Yeah, in there?
0: I, I was thinking about this just in regards to like life in general and like let's say business, right? Like you're those folks that are probably the most successful in business, they have a plan so they, they see this vision of where they want to take their business, right? So that's their goal or that's their plan but then they actually like come back and they write down plans right like specific okay here's a step one step two step three that's going to help me to get to that ultimate plan right Mm -hmm. um but then sometimes those plans get derailed because something happens you know what they thought was going to happen didn't happen you know so they have to go back and then and rework that plan right and i love what you said a minute ago this this is not the way god operates Mm -hmm. he it's not like anything takes him by surprise and then he's like oh man okay now let's let's pivot and let's shift here Mm -hmm. like that does not happen and so we can be comforted in that now in that we know that god's plans don't change and that they are for ever and always have been exactly what they are Mm -hmm. now i say we take comfort in that because And I'm going to explain why, because some people may be thinking, well, that's terrible. Mm -hmm. Like, why did God have to plan for my kid to die? I don't like him because of Mm -hmm. that. Or I'm mad at him, you know, because that was his plan for me. But again, we have to remember that other scripture reminds us that God's plans are always for his glory, but they're also for the good of those who love him and are Mm -hmm. called according to his purpose. And so even though the plan may not seem to make sense at the time, We've just got to remember that we have to take the totality of His Scripture and His character, in which says that, "Hey, even though it doesn't seem good to you now, you're only seeing what you're seeing. You're not seeing the full picture, Mm -hmm. right? And that we just have to trust and have faith that His plans are truly for our good, Mm -hmm. uh, and 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 that's where I say we draw the the comfort from this Mm -hmm. scenario.
1: Yeah, it's like you've looked at our notes because that's coming up here in a minute. (laughs) Um, Man, I don't look ahead, man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so, you know, God tells us in Jeremiah and then Jesus tells us in Luke how much he cares about humanity and and each individual. And then in Genesis 8, God promises Noah that he would never destroy humanity again, even though they're wicked. And uh, 8, 20 and 21 says, that Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. And this is obviously right after the, the flood and Noah and his family gets off the ark and they're beginning again. And you know, we would think from our perspective, and you know, it makes sense from a human perspective, that if God says there, and some other translations say, kind of have that like reverse that like, the intentions of man's heart are evil or because man is evil i will never again destroy the earth or curse the ground and that doesn't really make sense to us because you would think like it's even a a uh, a military strategy like scorched earth policy so it's like if if things are are done they're no good like it's that your enemy's taking over this land then As you leave as you're retreating you just destroy everything so they can't take any resources there's nothing worth any value nothing left and instead of god going scorched earth and just destroying humanity and starting over by creating a new humanity he allowed a remnant in noah to continue to exist and then he promised never to destroy his creation because he instead had a plan to redeem us and to bring us back to having relationship with him and and kind of give us a chance to be reconciled so all of the history of the bible tells us that god cares for us and that we matter to him and if we didn't matter to him individually we wouldn't matter collectively and he would not have sent his son to die for a uh, die for our sins and uh everyone probably knows or most of you who listen to this podcast probably have heard john three sixteen before 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. So God had every right to condemn the world, as the next verses say, which 18 and 19 say, Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of only God, only Son of God. And this is a judgment. The lights come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works are evil. So God carried out his redemptive plan to save humans from his wrath because his love and mercy towards us. They turned against his son when he sent Jesus to the earth and yet he still loved us. And if this isn't love, I don't really know how you characterize it because it's like the the parable um, that Jesus told about the uh, blanket on the name, like the... uh, the owner of the land that like, let it out to tenants and sent out to, to get the payment for the land. And he sent a servant and they beat a servant. Or they turned the servant away, I guess, first. and he sent another servant and they beat him. And, they, and then he sends the son. And they're like, hey, if we kill the son, then there's no heir and we get to have this. And so they kill the son. And instead of being deterred, the father comes and destroys those people and gives the land to another grateful tenant and so it's like god is even more gracious than this person and in jesus parable so he sends prophets to us he sends us his his general revelation of who he is in nature and then we didn't accept that so he sent jesus and the the jews and the, the people at that time killed him and instead of then coming and wiping us out again because we rejected his son he continues to work through the Holy Spirit and through His divine revelation to each of us to bring us closer and closer to Him. So, you know, I don't, I don't really know how you could ever say that God hasn't done enough like we've already talked about before. You know, it's, it's pretty be arrogant of us to say, you know, if God only does this or God only does that, then I'll know He cares about us. So God loves us all individually in a way that, that we can't really understand or know until we're in heaven with Him and we see His plan and how He's worked things out. And nothing in the Bible says or suggests that God only loves you when you become ten years old, or at the the moment that you're born. There's some magic in passing through the birth canal that suddenly God loves you. And in the verse, in fact, in the verses that we stated above, that that someone mentioned before we uh, before we uh, got to this point, Gabe, uh, (laughs) Ephesians one four through five says even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him and love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through jesus christ according to the purpose of his will and so that's something that he had <clears throat> he had the goal and he foreknew us and he predestined us and he knew what we were going to be before the world was even created so he should lead. That should lead us to understand that God loved us, and that there's no real question there for whether or not we matter individually, and whether our children matter. So that's it's a lot of a uh, lot of dense stuff in there. But you know, I think we just wanted to make the case. Maybe if you haven't figured that out already, that's kind of how my brain works on this podcast. That I want to like give you all the evidence and the proof, and you know, you can do with it what you will. But I think that is some evidence from all over the Bible that, that God cares about e- humans individually and that God doesn't just start caring when they do something good for him or when, they, uh, when they're when they born, when they're 10 years old, 15 years old, whatever it is, that, that he cares and he knows about us from before the time that we're born. And so I think you can rest assured that, that God knows your child, knew your child before even you were born, and that he's taking care of your child in heaven and that that your child's life mattered whether anything whether they were stillborn or whether they were 30 years old and so i I think that's should bring you some comfort there that that you don't have to do anything to ensure your child's life mattered because god's already promised that their life does matter
0: that's good man and i think that leads us right into the next question that you have posed which says so why does all this feel pointless You know, or why sometimes do we maybe feel tempted to believe that our child's life or even our life,
1: Mm. you know,
0: is meaningless or was meaningless? So what are some what are some things that you've kind of come to realize Mm. through your struggle with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's something that uh, we kind of talked about before we started this podcast that kind of the reason that my mind went here when I was writing these notes was that uh, my wife and I, Hannah had some of these thoughts or at least I know I did and we talked about them that uh, you know what what we see from our perspective is that we already told this story on the podcast but we went through infertility so we, we spent a year year and a half trying to get pregnant and we got pregnant and excuse me and uh, when we had Gabriel and everything was great up until two three days before his due date, go into the hospital and we find out that that he's not with us anymore and that he's he's already gone inside my wife and then he he's born he's still born and we get to spend 12 or 15 hours with him and then we we leave him at the hospital and and that's kind of it you know from our perspective that we never see him again and we like we said before and gave you know that we kind of quote unquote went on with life at that point. You know, we we went back home, went back to work, we uh, resumed our relationship with our friends, and there were times when it felt like nothing changed. Um, you know, as far as our daily life and how we were seen. You know, we were expecting to be parents to a child and to to start figuring out gabriel was our first and so like start figuring out what it means to have a child and to raise him and handed to breastfeed and to you know spend the time with a kid and and me thinking about a firstborn son but instead of that it kind of felt like we weren't even pregnant at all and that that nothing had happened and nothing had changed from the time that we had started trying to get pregnant and it felt like i know there were times that I question, like, was all that worth it? Like, was it was it a waste of time? Was it a waste of emotional, uh, like a, a waste of, of mental time and anguish that we spent hoping to get pregnant and then excited about having our son and then nothing happens. You know, he's, he's stillborn and we don't get to have a child here with us. And would it have just been easier if he wasn't? ever if he never existed if if he we never conceived him and that that we didn't have to go through all of that that pain and suffering and i don't know if that's a common thing i don't know gabe if, if you and your wife have have ever felt any of that but i think that's a a symptom of our condition as humans like we'll go into here in just a second that that we're we're finite we only see a certain perspective and I would assume that that's a normal thing that that when you don't understand the meaning of suffering you start to question like could we not would it not have been a whole lot easier if we just didn't have to deal with this experience
0: mm-hmm. yeah no I'm with you man I mean, because then you start wondering like well okay I would have just rather not gone through this you know than to have gone through it and mm-hmm. I'll say two things one it made me think about and this is kind of probably bad to compare what we're talking about to what I'm about to say. But like, you know, like sometimes you go on vacation and it's like this amazing vacation and you're, you're away from work and you're from your daily responsibilities. And, you know, you're not having to clean up the kitchen and somebody mm-hmm. else is, you know, washing your towels for you and whatever. And mm-hmm. then you come home and it's like then you're just back in the grind and you're like, man, like life. Was so different, but now life is the same. Like, mm-hmm. I went away, but I'm back, and it's just the same. So, it's like almost like the vacation didn't happen mm-hmm. because you're back and you're just back in that same grind. And I think that's kind of the way we felt, too. Just like you said, it's like after you, you know, unfortunately suffer that loss, then you just get back into your regular daily stuff, and you're just doing, you, you had this ideal of, or idea of, man, <clears throat> life is going to be a lot different from whatever your due date was you know Mm -hmm. going forward and then when it's not then there's like this major void and like this big time sense of like disappointment right because your Mm -hmm. life is not different your life is the same and so then it's like man i I just goodness i I wish that wouldn't have even happened because now not only is my life the same but now i've got this depression or i've got this Mm -hmm. this void this darkness this hole that didn't have to be there you know and then but you know i come back to scripture again and i think about james the book of james where he says consider it pure joy my brothers when you face trials of many kinds Uh, and you know i read that and i'm like what like pure joy to face trials right and then He goes on to say, because the testing of your faith produces perseverance, right? And then, Mm -hmm. so, it's like we have to remind ourselves that when we're going through these difficult times, when we have a situation like this, like, it would be better. It's not not that life would be better if it didn't happen. Mm. Because if it didn't happen, we wouldn't grow. Mm -hmm. If it didn't happen, we wouldn't have had that experience of having that pregnancy Mm. or having that child be born or having something to relate to on a podcast to thousands and millions of people, you know, mm-hmm. like we wouldn't be able to comfort those who need comfort in their time of need. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think we, we have to remind ourselves that everything has, has purpose. Now, somebody's going to be like this biblical scholar, you know, and they're going to get, they're going to, they're going to, you know, maybe think, but well, what about Ecclesiastes? Mm-hmm. Right. Where, mm-hmm. the, where the writer says, meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we have to understand that during this then that, then that time that that's not God just telling us, hey, everything's meaningless, right? Because, again, you have to take the totality of Scripture. Multiple times elsewhere in the Bible, God says everything does have meaning. Everything does have purpose. The writer at that time was experiencing his kind of frustration with life. Uh, he was going through a tough time. He had, you know, he had had this great success. He had uh, all the... Tremendous amount of wisdom, tremendous amount of wealth, tremendous amount of power and influence. And unfortunately, that kind of got to his head. And then he started making a bunch of boneheaded decisions and uh, really, unfortunately, using that excess uh, in a way that was not honoring uh, to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of in his exasperation because of his suffering that was brought on him partially by his own doing, um, and we're not saying that that people here are are suffering the loss of a child because of their own doing. But that's why the writer was saying what he was saying. Like mm-hmm. he had just come to the point where he was just like, none of this stuff matters anymore. I'm frustrated about it, and I'm gonna let you know. And mm-hmm. And so I think we can listen to that and read those words, realizing that, man, we're not the only ones that have thought meaningless meaningless everything is meaningless like Mm -hmm. even the biblical writers that god allowed us to have in the canon of scripture they also felt some of these same uh, feelings that we're talking about and i think that should Mm -hmm. give us comfort
1: yeah i mean that's that's exactly where we're going next is like that's a symptom of our condition as humans that we can only see things from one perspective and we're we're finite we're bound by time so we can only see and experience what we can see with our eyes, what we hear with our ears and the time that we're in. And the same is true of the writer of Ecclesiastes that, you know, even a biblical writer, even someone that's ordained by God to write part of our scripture had that same experience. And the same is true of Job, you know, Job went yes. through his pain and, and, you know, most of the book of Job is he and his friends. If you want to, I guess we'll call them friends loosely. Cause they're, if you read Job, they don't say nice things all the time. Um, it's something that you can see in the human experience that we don't always have the the clear head and the uh, the perspective and the patience to sit back and say, you know, well, this terrible thing happened to me, but I'll just trust. I, I just know something good's going to happen. Like we can, it's very easy for us to get caught up in the moment because when we see things from a, a limited perspective, it's easy for us to just fail to see the full picture and to trust that, that God is going to bring meaning to something even when we can't see meaning. So I thought about this. I was a history major in, in school, and so I, I care a lot about and I like uh, history class and stories and, and so you know, literature and things like that or things that I was interested in or I guess I'm more interested in them now than I was in school. I, I kind of wish now that I'd paid more attention sometimes in school. But you might remember the way that an English teacher asked you to read or critique books in high school. You know, you all read your your summer reading books, which some of you probably didn't. I, I think I read mine because my mom forced me to, like, the last week before school. But uh, they'll ask you to explain, like, whatever, this guy's, the door to this guy's house is red or it's yellow. Like, tell me why that's important. Or... You know, explain what's the significance or the irony or you know, whatever in the fact that this character's named Mr. Kind. And if you haven't read the whole story and learned that Mr. Kind is actually the villain and one of the meanest guys in the whole story, then the meaning of his name or the earlier actions in that story would be lost on you and it would seem pointless. So the same is true in a, in a greater scale, in an in a actual scale, not in a, uh, in, a, in a work of fiction for our daily lives and for the lives of our children that, that have gone on before us that we're not God so like I said we're bound by time and we only have the perspective that we have and God has a perspective that he gets to view all of time and all of existence at the same time he knows all human actions and all human thoughts he knows what we're going to do before we do it so if we had this ability it would be much easier for us to see how the life of our child creates a ripple effect in our lives and the lives of others that would change us as individuals, could change our families, could change our communities, or could change something on a greater scale. So, you know, for example, Gabe and I have talked about in the past, and you know, there's some things that have come out of the lives of our children. And for me, just one of the easiest things for me to see, see and to say about the life of our son Gabriel is that, you know, when my wife, I've talked about it before, has a special place in her heart for Haiti. And so when Gabriel died she asked that people who wanted to to show their love and appreciation um, and just to show their respect to us donated to an orphanage in Haiti that helps malnourished children and so I think there were there were a few thousand dollars that were donated to this charity and so that's something that that would not have happened if it wasn't for the death of our son and for the life of our son and Gabe's written one and now two books that may or may not have been written if he hadn't had his girls. Obviously, you wouldn't have written your first book, and we don't know whether or not you would have decided to or felt like felt confident to write the book that you, you just wrote now if you hadn't had your girls and the Lord hadn't worked in your heart that way. So that's something that if you've ever read their book or if you're listening to this podcast, then you know you see... there's meaning and purpose and things that have come out of our child's lives that we never would have expected when we lost our children and you know even like i said this podcast like gabe was able to reach out to me almost two years ago because of the experience that he had in the death of his girls and that led to our relationship and you know discussing things and me feeling comfortable discussing how i was feeling with losing gabriel and so that gave us a chance to kind of throw around the idea of this podcast whether it was a good thing to do and then we decided to do it now we're on what episode 23 and so that's something that if our children hadn't been born and then hadn't passed on we would not have probably ever talked more than just saying hey at church and and moving on and so now you're listening to this podcast and we hope and pray that the lord's using this in your lives and the lives of other people to draw you closer to him and there's no way we could have seen you know for for gabe and his wife 16 years ago there's no way they could have seen what would have come 16 15 and a half years later when we started doing this podcast and even in a shorter time period a year and a half year and eight months later or earlier there's no way that my wife and i could have said you know we lost our son but it's okay because you know we can there's going to be a podcast that that i'll do that might help x amount of people so it's okay so just just know that if you're feeling that way that you know it's it's pointless it's meaningless nothing good's coming out of the life of my child and so it just feels like it'd been better if if my child hadn't been born that that's not true and that you may not see anything right now that's coming out of the life life of your child but just trust that you know, like, like Gabe mentioned earlier, I, I jumped the gun a little early on on saying that you uh, brought out a verse that we'd already talked about. This is where I brought the verse in. Uh, <laughs> that if we trust God to work all things for our good, as he promised in Romans 8.28, which says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those are called to, according to his purpose, that we don't have to worry about whether the life of our child had purpose. Because God promises they didn't live for nothing, and that nothing that we consider bad is ultimately bad because he'll use it for our good and for his glory
0: Mm, man that's awesome bro and i i think that's a great ending point Mm. because that scripture is so poignant you know for this for this episode and then in the next episode in number 24 we're going to get out into you know how do we how does this play out practically having that understanding of what will just said how do we live that out and how does that play out practically in our lives Mm -hmm. Uh, so make sure that you uh, tune into our next episode which will be up shortly after this one so thank y'all for joining us today Uh, make sure that you follow lost boys to found fathers on facebook instagram and twitter and you can check out my book on amazon it's called that will be done put a question mark at the end of that and my name is gabriel o'sullivan and that'll come up again thank y'all for joining us today let's make sure that we are not lost boys but we are found fathers in jesus